Welcome back to episode two of Super Donate Talks Hobbies. So, for episode one, we're still, I was testing, figuring out what the podcast is going to be, and I've decided that I'm going to talk about my hobbies in this podcast. Three specific hobbies that I am currently involved in, but there might be others that lurk around. Number one, is beekeeping. Number two, woodworking. And number three, cycling. Beekeeping is going to be huge this year. They require maintenance, they require work. And I've got my bees coming next month. I've already ordered the parts, the hive components, as we call them, the gear, to go on top, smoke tool, and other items. So that's gonna be exciting. Can't wait to get that started. So why cycling? Cycling I got into, well, a long time ago. I've been riding bikes for a very long time, but I wasn't actively riding it as a hobby or as a sport I guess and then I got into mountain biking and just last year I got more into road biking did about 75 plus hours of riding for the whole year which equated to about 1500 miles I had set the goal for 1500 miles and I was happy to reach it for this year I had set the goal to 2000 miles of which I have ridden none so i've got a lot of catching up to do with that and beekeeping we'll see if i reach my goal even if i can get to a thousand miles that would be awesome woodworking is related to both biking and beekeeping the hive components are all made of wood the frames are made of wood um the hive itself the hive box is made of wood and i'm building some other wood furniture like a bookshelf slash computer shelf um building a wood slash metal frame for my bike rollers so i can have some kind of support when i'm riding the bike indoors so here goes nothing beekeeping we're going to talk about bees first. Well, at least today we'll just focus on bees. How about that, right? So, beekeeping is one of the oldest, one of the oldest, oldest um, activities humans did to, you know, harvest the honey because it's a sweet nectar, you know, created, manufactured by the judicious honeybees. So how did I get into it? I think I mentioned last on last episode how I got into it and what motivated me into going into beekeeping or even thinking about it. Now, traditionally, to harvest honey from the hive, you would have honey supers that go on top where the bees store extra honey that they create. And to extract this honey, you would basically 
take the frames out, make sure there's no beads on it. Take a couple of frames. You usually take three frames. You don't put them in a, in a extractor. It's, I can't remember the name for this machine, but you put the frames in this extractor and you slowly spin this around and the spinning function, all it does, it, it spits out the honey and it collects in the bottom and you know, you can then store the honey in your jars and good to go. So then, then you got to clean it out, you know, make sure all the honey is out of the uh, extractor and then you put the frames back in the hive. Sometimes it gets messy, you know, it, it's, it's just a lot of work. And sure, I didn't know about how honey was extracted, but when I first learned about the flow frames by Honeyflow, I was totally blown away. This dad, this uh, dad and son duo had been doing research for years and years down in us down in Australia and they came up with these smart manufactured frames that would, that would have um, cells that would break down and let the honey flow downwards now you can check out their website um, they're called flowhive.com or is it honeyflow.com I I got double check I'll, I'll put the link in the in the podcast uh, page and so it makes it super easy to extract honey. The frames are not fully built. So, and the honeybees, they go in there and they, and they will say, they look at the frame and they will then close off the areas so then they can store honey. Once the honey, the one, once the frames are capped, you can look up from the side, all the honey is capped. That's when you go in and extract the honey super cool idea super cool way to extract honey and you know and you're not you're not messing around with the bees you know you don't have to smoke them every time you go uh not that it hurts the honey bees when you're smoking um but it made it really easy i was like wow this is pretty awesome i'm totally going to do this i go look at the price it's about it's about 700 to 600 dollars which gives you one brood box, one hive, uh, one su uh, super hive where you just store the honey, and then that's your beehive essentially. I'm like, all right, I don't have the room right now. I was living either in Colorado or, was, um, or I was somewhere in Virginia. So when we had, we bought a place next, So last year, we came into, you know, we purchased a house and we have plenty of room in the yard. And I started thinking, hey, we could totally do beehives in the yard. So I went back, started researching some more, learning more about what it is, what, what does it take for you to even buy some bees? I remember a friend of mine back in Colorado, he, he had borrowed some bees and he had a 10 acre farm that he needed pollinated. So he rented the bees, the bees came, you know, pollinated. And um, I had lent him my GoPro. He recorded some footage while he was, you know, getting the bees out of it and letting them go at it. And I was like, you know, that was pretty cool. I totally wanted to get into it. 
Anyhow, I asked him, you know, how do I get into honeybees? Like, well, I only rented them or I only borrowed them. I had somebody brought these bees to pollinate my farm, but I don't know anything about them. Like, all right, all right, no problem. So I started searching, started looking online and I read, I was like, all right, one video, this really knowledgeable gentleman, he said, you know, you, if you want to start your own hive, you need to find out from your local beekeeper club. And I was like, oh, I need to find a local beekeeper club. So I looked up Northern Virginia beekeepers and there it was, there was a Northern Virginia beekeepers association and, and they met every third Monday of the month. I was like, all right, let me go check out this, this uh, meetup, go to the meetup. They had a really not good talk. A, a research scientist had come over who'd been working with bees for over 15 years down here in, uh, at the USDA in Maryland. And he's got his own, uh, bee lab where they're checking on bees and basically looking through and see what can be done. So that was awesome. And then I talked to the uh, organizer, the host for the meeting and I said, you know, um, I'm a new beekeeper and I'm local and I mean, I'm, I'm in, I live in Reston. She's like, you know what? There is a beekeeper club down in Reston that you can totally join and you wouldn't have to come out this far. And then they also mentioned, oh, by the way, our beginner beekeepers class is starting in two weeks and we recommend that you take this class if you want to be, become a beekeeper. It'll talk to you about everything, what you need to do, blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, sounds good. What does the class cost and when is it? said, well, it's two weekends. Um, it's either Saturday, Sunday, or two Saturdays, I can't remember. But it was $175 for a weekend. And they would be doing like eight hours of teaching or two eight-hour courses, days. And I was like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. I will look into it. And next week was the local beekeeper class, uh, club meetup, uh, Fairfax Beekeepers. So I found out where they were gonna meet and I had set up my calendar to go there. Turns out the host or one of the person running that beekeepers club was the brother of my wife's coworker. And my wife had bought a pound of honey from him, which was really sweet. Um, so that that was pretty amazing, but the short connections that we had between us. So I went to the beekeeper uh, meetup in Reston, met with all the people, and it was it was pretty uh, eye-opening. Then he also mentioned that they're doing a beekeeper class, which is only a hundred bucks. And, but it's spread out in uh, eight weeks, essentially. So instead of trying to cram all this information in two days, you know, you have a nice long period where you're actually absorbing this information, actually learning 
about to be these the different maladies you know what you need to do in the first year what you need to do in the second year what kind of plants you need what kind of um, treatment you need to do for your bees what kind of equipment you need to buy so for each week we had homework and we we would um go back with the answers so that was a very very well set up class very set up well set up course of course for the hundred dollars i got a beekeeper bible essentially which talks about everything that you can think about on bees and then there was a maladies book and another beekeeper book um and these were all put out by pennsylvania state university i believe i'll have to double check on that information anyhow so that class ended two weeks ago i've ordered my gear i've ordered my hive components and i just got a confirmation email from better bee so there's a ton of bee suppliers hive component and bee suppliers in the area um i went with better bee they're cheaper comparatively to all of the other sites that i looked there's man lake there's um there's data there's there's a lot of bee equipment providers so now there's still a question stand hey where am i going to buy these bees well luckily our instructor who's been tending to 29 bee hives or about nine years was like hey i'm going to be selling these bees and you guys your you, this class takes priority over other classes that i'm teaching so put your name down let me know how many nukes you want and he's saying you know so there's two ways you can get bees one is you get a package bees number two is a nuke you get a nuke a nucleus of a hive so what is a package well a package is a cage where you have three pounds of bees, a queen bee in there in a, in a little hidden container or in a smaller container, and then you've got feed on top so the honeybees have some food while they're you know hanging out in this area. They can't really go around building a hive or whatnot. So when you get a package, you basically open up your hive dump all the bees in there, make sure you spray them with sugar water so, you know, they don't fly around and you, you know, basically set it up. So then they start, they'll have, you know, start getting acclimated to the hive, they have to get acclimated to the queen bee and make sure that the, the worker bees are not angry and, you know, want to kill its queen bee. So a lot of stress and, and stuff is going on on the package. Packages are great. If you don't have a Langstroth beehive, you would probably get a package. Um, it's better to get a local package though. You don't want to get a package from Georgia because there's some African strain bees down there, which you don't want to mess with. All right, what is a nuke? Well, a nuke is a smaller hive. It comes with five grains and it's got a queen bee acclimated, queen bee acclimated, worker bees, hive with brood, with honey. Basically, you're essentially moving a trailer park into a bigger house. 
and letting the bees acclimate with a bigger hive that you essentially set up. So it's only $50 more for a nuke versus a package. Package costs about $125, nuke costs about $175. So I got two nukes for my two hives that I will be receiving uh, sometime in April. Pretty exciting stuff. So when the equipment arrives next month, uh, equipment arrives next week, I'm hoping, we'll see. Um, it's coming through UPS ground from the upstate New York. Should arrive sometime next week. Um, I'll have to set all the equipment up. I have to um, assemble all of the boxes, assemble the frames, and they come with the foundation that you need to put in. So there's a lot of components that you got to you know put together and make sure everything is square. Um, so yeah, a lot of fun stuff happening, um, coming together. That's what's uh, happening in the B area. In the cycling area, um, last time I rode was a hundred mile or a century in Salisbury up in Maryland. That was a fun ride. I was um, a little out of shape, couldn't s stick around with the group. The group's average speed ended up being about 24 miles an hour. And it's really important to stay in the group, stay in the pack, so you're getting all the affordances of drag and, you know, staying with the pack. I Initially, when we set out, I was with the pack, but for some reason, one of the, one of the um, team members stopped because something was happening with his bike. I was like, hey, we should stop for him or whatever. And since he was partnered up with me, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop. So I'm looking from far away, you know, he's sitting there setting some, fixing something up and off goes the group. And I'm like, great, this is perfect. This is just not what I wanted to happen. Anyhow, I got back on the bike, started riding and I just kept riding, trying to catch up. And there's just no way to catch up with a speeding train, no matter how fast you go. Cause there's only so much energy you have to expend. So that was the last time I went on a bike ride. It was a cold gray, not, not too cold. It was probably in the 60s, 50s, 60s, but it was an overcast morning. Uh, we started at the Salisbury University. Um, we all got together at the starting point and when the entire team got together, we're like, all right, we're gonna head out. Unfortunately, I had two flats before that ride even started, I was so annoyed. I probably rode over some glass. So, uh, so after I changed my first tube, there was still glass embedded in, in, in the rear tire, which I didn't know, of course. So I was like, all right, whatever. I, I have two tubes, so I'm gonna pop in the tube and I'm gonna get going. Got together with a group. As soon as we leave, I'm on the road or I'm on the path and right as we leave the starting area, I have a flat tire again in my rear tire. And I'm like, great, this is just what I wanted. Just at the get go, I had my cameras on and you know, got front facing camera, rear facing camera, both things are on. And that's how we go.
another reason that got me into beekeeping. One of the most important one is my son, my oldest son has a lot of allergies. He's got peanut allergies, legumes, eggs, all sorts of nuts. And it's, it's a lot of problem for my poor baby to, you know, eat and enjoy food. And it turns out that local honey is a great way to um, basically run down these allergies. So one of the reasons was, you know, consuming local allergies boost to the immune system get better at, you know, having ability to eat other food since now I'm not hundred percent sure how true that is, but I do know that there's tons and tons of cures and, uh, honey is used as a medicinal purpose as well. It's just so pure, absolutely pure, um, food. So that was another reason that got me into beekeeping. So why? So yeah, the bike. So I I stopped, I got my uh, rear wheel fixed. Um, There was a repair shop so the guy spent some time looking at the tire and found the little little um, glass particle that was puncturing the tube every time I put in. And once I got that in, got a new tube in, I basically just started riding and got together with the group. Um, I probably stuck around with the group going at 20 miles an hour or more. For the, per, for the first 30 to 45 minutes, maybe. And then I got separated. And then there was uh, six and a half to seven hours of riding alone, essentially. Um, so they say riding, bike riding, a road bike is team sport. It's a team sport, but it's also a an individual sport because it makes sense when you're riding together and everybody has the same fitness level, then you can ride together and overcome bigger obstacles. But when you're not at that fitness level, you're just hanging out on your own. You're just riding by yourself, taking in the scenery, which also sucked because it was a gray day. I had both cameras, front facing and rear facing, recording this gray day as I'm riding alone. Um, kind of depressing, but I do need to go get that footage and, you know, put it together. Uh, God knows what we're going to do with it, but there might be some good shots that could be used and, you know, go from there. That's another one of my hobbies, filmmaking and videography. Photography is another one. Uh, filmmaking we did, actually did three short films with, uh, three different teams actually uh back in 2016 2017 got busy with biking so recorded a lot of footage on the bike off the bike it was all bike related 
So 2018 is going to be a little different. I'm going to focus on one thing, get it across the line, talk about it, how I got across it, how I did it, and, you know, share it with whoever's interested. I mean, it's, it's, it's just something that I love to do. And what I learned, you know, hopefully it'll help somebody else um, in learning about it as well. So I'm going to try to make this a daily thing and um, see what happens. If you have any questions uh, whatsoever about any of these topics, you're welcome to send a message and then um, I will include it into the next episode and answer your question essentially live, essentially on the podcast. So using anchor.fm app, you can send me a message, uh, send a message through the message comes in as, as an audio format, which then I can include into the podcast. So people can listen to your voice if you're inclined to do that. If not, you can, you know, send a tweet at SuperJanaid, hashtag podcast, and ask your question. And, you know, we'll make sure to, to get your answer in there. Third part is woodworking. Hey, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It's uh, something I'm trying out. I've had my Super Junaid blog for over 10 years. And I've been, I tried blogging consistently, talking about um, technology, talking about whatever's happening around. But this year, 2018, I'm going to focus on my hobbies and talk about these hobbies on supergenade.com. I do have another blog set up for um, talking about technology, talking about uh, tech, VR, AI, machine learning, you name it, anything that has to do with technology and the advancements, innovations. I'm gonna talk about those things on Techno Junkie blog. And then I have another blog, um, which is basically my company site, Humble Zone Inc. Uh, we've been doing user experience design for over 15 years and I'm going to focus on mobile user experience and using the different tools of the trade on HumbleZone.com. I'm not sure if it's going to be a blog, if it's going to be a podcast yet, but I'm going to start writing for that blog. If you care to take a look at it, you're welcome to. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Till tomorrow. This is Super Junaid signing out. Live with compassion and have a good night.